Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Bonnie, and I'm joined by Leah and Lisa talking about our one cool STEM thing. Leah already talked about the great Greta Thunberg, and Lisa already talked about the amazing Mae Jemison. But before we dive in, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know which emerging technology are you most excited or terrified about? I am most terrified of Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Because I firmly believe Facebook has too much power. Like, I've already mm. kind of, like, seen it where, you know, uh, I'll, I'll do a search and then suddenly there's an advertisement right there for me. Right Why, Why don't you just buy the thing you were just like? And it's like, how do you know? How do you know? There are other times where I, it, they say it's an algorithm that's just really good at guessing. But I will be talking about something not on Facebook, like physically person to person. And the phone is, of course, in my vicinity. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, there's a suggestion for it mm-hmm. on my Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And I'm like, son of a bitch, they're listening. Uh-huh. And they are. And that's been, you know, like, mm-hmm. we know that that's true. I recently got an Alexa. Yes. I love it very much. I, <laughs> I renamed it computer. <laughs> so computer. when I am in my bedroom and I say, computer, please turn on the lights. That the lights come on. So beautiful. Okay, so that so is... Nice. That's it's much fantastic. Better. It's better than the clapper because that yes. was that was my generation of like, oh, the clapper. Yes. And I did not. I wasn't sure I wanted it. And I had been reluctant to be wiretapped on purpose in my home. Correct. Um, That's where then, I'm at. Right. And then when I realized I'm carrying a, a, literally a wiretap device in my pocket at Correct. all times that I'm not willing to not carry because, you know, my cell phone's my comfort device and it goes with me everywhere. It's your um, uh, boredom, uh, uh, boredom fighting generator. With that, that. And it, you know, it just it, it's it has to be with me at all times. There you go. Um, so I'm already being wiretapped at all times. Right, right. And at least I might as well get something out of it. Um, <laughs> at least your lights will turn on for you, and it'll play your playlist. Well, the other thing that is really interesting about it is it's changing the way we learn because gotcha. we now not only can we go to Google and get the answer to whatever question we want, in, which you know is fifty percent of the time wrong, but it's okay. It is very often wrong. <laughs> it's but fine. It's it, a start. It, it is, and it depends on what kind of question you're asking, right? Yeah. If I'm asking how do I pair my headset with my phone? I can probably get a useful answer yes, to that. Yes, this and is then true. Get it paired and go back to whatever I was doing. Right? How many ounces are in a tablespoon? Yeah, right. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. You can now just ask it out loud. Yeah. So my day job is in corporate learning, and as people get used to being able to do that, right. it changes their tolerance for sitting in a training class to learn about. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's true. not as useful as what can I do and get right back to my workflow. Right, exactly. So that's interesting. It, it, and we're, as we're used to it in our daily lives, then right. it becomes something we expect in other parts. Yeah. I did take Facebook off my phone. I'm still on it way too much on my desktop. <laughs> I did take it off my phone, but I still have Instagram and those bitches are paired together. Mm-hmm. So they I'm really, really just they, making Facebook they, work harder to get my whisper in technology. <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, you know, I want them to struggle just a little bit because I'm not on Instagram as much <laughs> as on Facebook. I mean, th- it's definitely addictive, right? So that's. It is. It, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I, I try my best, but I think also for me, 
I want the the search. I want to work for mm. it. I want to dig for it. It's like because I I think also for me, if information comes too fast, I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. And I very much love learning something new every single day. So if I can commit to memory how many tablespoons are in and out so I don't have to look it up again, I'll be like, I won today. (laughs) But if Alexa keeps telling me, (laughs) I might not learn. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a really interesting point. Um, You know, this was Einstein was famous for not remembering his own phone number because why did he need to know it? He chose to look it up. Right. And that's that's, you know, a discernment I'm used to doing when I'm working with uh, people in the learning space of, is this something you really want people to know off the top of their head? Or is this something we want Quick them to access. go look mm. up right. because it might have changed? Because, you know, if it's like the tolerance of steel at a bridge, really go look that up in a book every single right. time. Right, right, right. Some of those critical pieces of information. Just yes. double check, please. Yes, very much so. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's um, going to matter. <laughs> it's going to matter. You probably know it. You're probably right. Check it anyway. Right. So those kinds Fair. of things, some things you need to know off the top of your head. Yeah. And some things you really should just go look up because saving that space in your brain isn't helpful. Right. Exactly. I completely agree. What is yours? Okay. So um, the self-driving cars are really interesting because of the ethical dilemmas. I mean, we're we're talking about... Who gets sued in that scenario? (laughs) Well, and the real life trolley problem. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. It's a good place. Sorry. Right. Yes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, so at, um, at what tolerance do we allow the car to mow somebody over right if it has to make a choice between probably killing the person in front of it and probably killing the person inside it well how mm, do you make that choice right. and discerning those ethical quandaries yeah is really that's not so much the technology as it is sort of the philosophy of the whole thing right it's the moral technology mm-hmm. argument of it yeah and how yeah. do we interact technology with our humanity Right. Very. Do you watch The Good Place, Bonnie? No, but I was just thinking we need to make the the cars take that test from Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Kobayashi Maru. Yes. 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 I think that will be phase one. (laughs) (laughs) But what about The Good Place? The the Good Place will suddenly have you be a moral philosophy professor, no matter how much you fight it. And the trolley problem is a brilliant episode where basically they pay, they play devil's advocate and they go real, well, not real life scenario, but a pretend scenario where you have to be in a trolley and you have to decide on one track, you run over one person. Mm. If you change, uh, if you change to the other track, you mow over five people. Mm. So it's like, oh, okay. The easy dilemma to a lot of people is you, you kill one person instead of killing five. Mm -hmm. What if you know the one person? What if mm. that's somebody that's your... So it becomes... And then all it of a sudden... depend on who it is. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> you might not like them. and be like, easy, done. But the show has those little nuggets throughout it. And it's like, damn it. Mm. Moral philosophy. I just... I actually love it and hate it at the same time. It's a quandary. Mm. <laughs> no, I agree. That is a good one. Bonnie, what is yours? Mine, I am kind of scared about... Uh, well, this is like cool in film but I'm terrified of it in like real life use is that uh, like not face swap, but where you can get someone with the same facial structure and video record and put someone else's face on there. Like it's great in star Wars. Right. Like did a great job with uh, general. What's his face. Right. Exactly. Tarkin. 
Yeah. And Leia. Yeah. Because yeah. they showed her younger. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But I'm like terrified of that coming out during like the election season. <laughs> Fair. Where it's like, somebody else and they have a candidate's face on it. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, that algorithm True. is really interesting. My husband is has kind of a someone that Facebook thinks is a doppelganger and will auto tag the wrong person. And then Facebook and then Dave's a twerp. And so he started (laughs) intentionally auto tagging wrong. And so, you know, it's become a thing, but it's funny because, you know, if you look at pictures of these two people, at the same age, or, you know, then they look very similar. But right now, they don't. Right. Mm. And but Facebook still can't tell them apart. So that piece of and there are there's um, a jewelry maker mm-hmm. right now who's making jewelry that is intended to disrupt facial recognition technology. Oh. And so it's it, it's stuff that goes over the face and changes the planes or something. Hmm. Oh, OK. Uh, and you know, so there are makeup techniques that do it, too. Right. Once we oh. know how the algorithm works. Right. Exactly. Then mm-hmm. we can play with it and mess with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we take over Facebook. Wait. <laughs> Wait a second. No, I absolutely agree too cuz uh, I was watching Star Wars and then I was very much having the Jurassic Park moment of, you know, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop and think whether or not they should. Mm-hmm. Um cuz also I was thinking of it from a filmmaking standpoint of was the family notified? Who's mm-hmm. getting royalties? Cuz it is still right. a performance that is based upon a you know, previously living person, mm-hmm. but there is still a family and a trust. And, you know, so it, it turns out the legalese, the family was involved and they did get paid and they, they were very much in the loop, but I'm like, okay, but what's stopping you from now? Yeah. <laughs> and then also Carrie Fisher wasn't like super excited about it is what I read, which is, you know, cause she was like on set and she's like, yeah, no, I understand. You need it to look like 1977 and I don't look like 1977. Cause you know, Time works. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still kind of weird. And also, still to me, the faces don't line up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still seeing like glitches in the matrix on those things. Like, I don't have the suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. The whole time I'm like, it was, you know what? Watching The Lion King, the live action remake. I'm sorry. It's computer generated. It's animated. Holy <laughs> Uncanny Valley, Batman. Right. Exactly. And it was the same thing where it's like, I can't suspend my disbelief. I'm like, I'm sorry. Lions don't talk. Their mouths don't move, <laughs> you know, and emphasis every syllable. It's like, no. So yeah, I'm with you. It could be used for bad very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. I remember when uh, special effects really started getting good. I remember there was the commercial of Fred Astaire selling a vacuum. Do you yes. remember this? Mm. And people were like, what's the line? Because now Fred yep. Astaire can sell vacuums. Mm. And Marilyn Monroe, they had Marilyn Monroe sell something. And oh, there mm. was the commercial that had Christopher Reeve walking on a runway. And it's like, I don't like this. <laughs> oh. I know your intention is to inspire in a what if scenario, but you are selling me something. And I was like, no. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, it's very Jurassic Park. But what is your one <sighs> cool thing, darling? My one cool thing is Rear Admiral Grace Brewster Murray Hopper. There's a Brewster in I this I didn't now? know there was. I just added the Brewster. <laughs> I don't usually add the Brewster. Now, Bonnie has been painting Miss Grace, I'm not going to go through all seven names, Miss Grace. And so she's been mentioning it on the podcast. (laughs) So now we actually get to learn about this seven named gal. Yes. (laughs) Yay. 
It's, it's, it's like Game of Thrones. You just keep adding titles on there. Is her uh, next name Westeros? No. <laughs> is she a mother of dragons? What is she, she is the, mother the first of, of her yes. names. <laughs> These are, by the way, the only two things I know about Game of Thrones. So I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have HBO. <laughs> so I'm out. <laughs> She's known as the uh, grandmother of Kobol or the grand lady of software. Ooh, can she be the... Grand, sorry, I'm just trying to get dragons in there somewhere. Okay, another <laughs> dragons. Yes. M- maybe, maybe computer dragons. Yes, computer dragons. Yes. <laughs> um, we don't have a whole lot on her because she left a shortage of personal papers. So a lot of the things that we know about her, I mean, she wrote like a few, I don't know, not dissertations, but like technical research yeah, papers. She wrote yeah. papers. Um, gotcha. But we don't know a whole lot about her personal life, I guess. Um, and a lot of the things that we do know come from uh, Aiken's papers, which was her boss later. Ah. Oh, cool. So it's filtered through her boss, who is oh. also a dude. It's got to be right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> nah. Her her and the guy got along real well. Sweet. Okay. Well, that's a bonus. And rare for what time period are we talking about? Uh, World War II. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a young girl, she took apart seven alarm clocks in the house, which was all of them, and <laughs> attempted to figure out how they worked. Her mom nice. let her keep one <laughs> to take apart. You get this one. But I'm like, like that poor mom the next morning. She couldn't figure out how to get them back together. So there had to have been for either they went out and got a new one or they didn't wake up on time for a while. She just didn't go to sleep that night. <laughs> safer it's a good idea yeah. uh her father had a hardening of the arteries and oh. had to eventually have both of his legs amputated oh no but her mother like drove him to work i think he worked um in insurance okay but she drove him to work she paid the bills like her mother did like everything gotcha okay so that's pretty so that may have been where some of her role model Right. came from was well from if mother. she can see it she can be it yeah that's for certain and it's in the house uh, with you <laughs> she's got a couple siblings i think a uh a brother and a sister gotcha um she got a phd in mathematics from yale in 1933 Ooh. and uh in school you know you could get your mrs degree right. still this time period or you taught yeah true so um she was teaching math for a while um, her nephew recalls that when she was on the phone and she had enough of a conversation, she would say so and hang up. Oh, all right then. <laughs> She's like, like I'm done. so we're done here. Yep. <laughs> she would, she'd yeah. love podcasting. Yes. <laughs> it would be this two minute podcast. <laughs> yeah. By Grace. <laughs> um, she got married at some point. Uh, she, was married to him for like 15 years. They didn't have any kids. Gotcha. I didn't see anywhere whether, you know, they were choosing not to have kids. Right. Because back in the day, you didn't really, I mean, you got married and you had babies. Right. That was the social right. pressure. The yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the right. The, he was also <laughs> a, a student and a teacher. He got his doctorate in like Renaissance literature, something like that. Oh, that's cool. Um, Did so his parents were, have money? Was he a dress <laughs> I don't kid? know. All right. <laughs> um, but they both were like busy working all the time. So I don't know if that led to the divorce or whatever. But kind of like in the same year, she divorced him and she joined the Navy. 
because of World War II, right. the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Gotcha. Uh, she had a hard time getting into the Navy because she was 35 at the time. Oh, yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. past their, their limit. Mm-hmm. And she was also only 105 pounds. Oh, she was Because she's, she's like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's Tina Tennant. Oh, she pocket size. Uh, <laughs> but they ended up, they eventually allowed her in and she beefed up a little bit. There you go. She was like, she was, she was like, this is a mess hall. I don't have to cook any of this food. It's just there. <laughs> it was great nice need energy must eat right exactly (laughs) Uh, they sent her over to um she's mathematics so they Mm -hmm. sent her to harvard to work on the uh mark one computer nice one of like one of the first computers there's a whole bunch of computers that are all being developed at the same time and because of the war yeah they're not talking to each other yeah so it's kind of hard to tell which one's like the first functioning working computer. Right. Because there's but, the Winamac is the other one. That's, uh, Univac, right. Mac. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Um, but the Mark One was like one of the first in the United States and they were trying to program it to uh, do like missile trajectories. Gotcha. Is what they were trying to get it to do. And this is on the room size computer. <laughs> the the, it was, room. I think it's eight feet deep. And it's like 20 feet long or something. Wow. And eight feet high. It is, it's huge. Like you, you went into the computer. Right. To fix it. And what is it? Our smartphones are now like 10 times oh, smarter oh, than that. I thing. got that. Oh, so much smarter. <laughs> That's crazy. Greeting cards now have yeah. more computing. <laughs> more bandwidth. More. more yeah. Oh, absolutely. CPUs. Oh, yep. my yeah. God. I looked it up. The Mark One could do three operations per second okay. in 1944. The uh, Univac in 1953 could do a thousand operations per second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the CDC six six zero zero. Why didn't that name catch up? <laughs> <laughs> in 1963, so another ten years later. Yeah. Could do three million a second. Yeah. Modern computers do uh, one billion per second. Oh. Oh, that's a leap. <laughs> yes. yes. And, you know the difference between a million and wow. a billion is. Quite a bit. Is I was told there was no math, though. <laughs> no, it's good. Because what is it like a million uh, minutes ago is a couple of weeks ago, and a billion minutes ago is in thirty-five years ago, or that that those wow. numbers yeah. aren't quite it's right, but it's pretty close ridiculous. to that. To be able to like yeah, yeah that grasp concept because we think of it as as being not that big a jump. But, so right. it, yeah. but we are we think of it wrong. Yeah, I right. read a thing once yeah. on like how much like a billion dollars is and they were trying to break down the math of like how much you have to earn per day to, to get there. like by the end of your life or the best time you retire to have one billion dollars and how uh, ridiculous it is right one billion dollars <laughs> oh <my> goodness <laughs> yeah she's working on the mark one uh with howard aiken and i had something in here about him um she said uh, he always said you can make any mistake in the world once, but if you made the same mistake twice, heaven help you. <laughs> but then you know you're statistically... Sorry, yeah. back to my puns. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, her and Howard Aiken got along really well. Gotcha. Uh, she was just said you had to know how he was wired. Yeah, it's fair. Computers. I like um, it. Oh, it's... Fun. But apparently a lot of the other people that worked with him did not like him. Uh. Like he was just... He was a hard ass and just dry Couldn't, sense of humor maybe or something okay they, they a lot of them didn't like him <laughs> um in 1951 she came up with the term compiler 
which is a group of library or submarines with a set of instructions telling the computer how to select them and how to assemble program. Okay. Like, gotcha. That's her big thing is she came up with a compiler, which is a huge thing in computing. It was back in the day when they wanted to repeat a program that they knew that worked, they would have to hand copy it and then hand punch it in the tape. And because uh, humans make errors, right, there it's a big problem. So her big thing was to create, you know, when, when you knew a program worked, you could save it in the computer mm-hmm. and just tell the computer, hey, run that program again. Uh, almost like a bookmark in a way. Yeah. When you have this, go here. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and she the got the term was. compiler for when people go to the library, they can pile information from various books. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh libraries. Oh, Love it. <laughs> um, there is a story going around that she uh, coined the term computer bug. Okay. Which isn't quite accurate. Some other people had used it before. But the computer was having an error, the big room-sized computer. Right. And it wasn't working. They went in there, and they actually found a moth in the computer. <laughs> uh, so they actually, in the logbook, t- took the moth off and taped it in the logbook, and it says actual computer bug <laughs> in the little notes. Nice. She found it. She found the they found computer it. bug. Yes. <laughs> I like it. The first documented computer bug. Correct. Yes. And then later, they found the virus. <laughs> she did take, uh, in the book I was reading, they were talking about she got like a little, like a gnome statue and put mm-hmm. it in the computer somewhere because you could put things in the computer. Well, yes. When yeah. it's that big. Yeah. Um, and when <laughs> nice. people would complain about like things not working, it was like, oh, it's the gremlin in the computer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I still hear that phrase like to this day. <laughs> um. She got a presidential appointment in 1983. Ah. She retired in 1986 as the oldest current, currently serving officer serving more than 42 years. Oh, wow. Look at that. She worked. Uh, she retired from the Navy or got discharged or whatever, mm-hmm. went to the private sector, and then they recalled her back into um, like the reserve service. Gotcha. And then she, when she actually retired, it's a while later. Um, yeah. She there's a great interview with her on David Letterman. That was what I was gonna say. I'm like, yeah. I saw the David Letterman interview because she was still wearing her uniform, her full on uniform. Then wasn't she? I don't know if she's wearing her uniform she wearing or just civilian clothes that are very close because she gotcha. did. She loved the the structure yeah. of the military. You don't uh, have to think about what you're gonna wear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also one of uh, 60 Minutes. Oh, nice. her on youtube and i think there's some like even some talks that she did oh nice. where she's going to because she she did a lot of traveling mm-hmm. and talking to people about the different things that were coming up in computing nice um, i'll make sure i put a couple of them in the show notes yes. too so people can find them quite easy they're, uh, they're adorable i i will definitely second the letterman mm-hmm. one is like you can sense her personality it's a very dry a little dirty like she's trying not to be dirty (laughs) but she really wants to be and it's adorable (laughs) but she came up with um COBOL which is the computer oriented business language Ah. and I think I'm missing a letter there but it's her goal was to basically be able to like type out in English to the computer and have it do its thing gotcha like that was her main goal uh, COBOL is still used today, mostly in ATMs, run oh, off of COBOL. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Interesting. Mm. It lives on. <laughs> Not that I'm encouraging anyone to learn COBOL <laughs> so you can hack into ATMs right. and have all the money spew out. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure there's some firewalls yes. that are still going to be protecting you from it. <laughs> uh, but she died in 1992. Gotcha. And she is buried in Arlington Cemetery. Ah. So I'll be sure to look for her next time I'm there. Yes. And in 1995... They named a ship the USS Hopper for her. Yay! She has a ship named after her. <laughs> and the, the I don't have a ship named after me. No. So <laughs> uh, the the good book that I was reading uh, is called Grace Hopper, Admiral of the Cyber Seas by Catherine Boone Williams. That's a good title. Yeah. There was another book that I was reading that I think is more recent. Um, Grace Hopper, and it was written by a dude. But he got most of his stuff from the Aiken papers. And there's like four chapters just on Aiken. Ah. And they he mentions that she has a drinking problem at some point, but didn't really <laughs> go into care. detail about it. Okay, like That's that sweet. she would just go on a drinking binge. I don't know. He didn't really like, what are you? Right. You got to go was into this it. a problem. She was a heavy <laughs> smoker. Like so she was everybody smoking. in like the sixties and seventies. Yeah. It feels like yeah, <laughs> they were told it was healthy, right? Exactly. But yeah, that other one was <laughs> on quiz shows. They're like, no, mm-hmm. I had three out of ten doctors recommend smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grace Hopper and the Invention of the Information Age ah. by Kurt W. Beer. So it it was fine. You know, like it talked it about like their whole yeah. group that worked on the computer, but gotcha. I don't I don't need like four chapters on her boss when the book is supposed to be about Grace Hopper. Right, you like, invested in the material for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he like does that. list to in be the fair, beat. she's not a boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that a surprise? <laughs> oh, well, then in that case, so I'm not even sure if they have any have chapters about the people around her. Right. Yes, because the male characters in the story give her you validity protagonist right <laughs> sure <laughs> like if they just layer in and she had a drinking problem you know mm. what i mean mm. <laughs> sure uh, but he does list in the beginning like a bunch of good places to get materials okay. for her there are uh the the smithsonian has a bunch of her papers Ooh. and there's supposed to be some way to access them and i haven't figured it out right like i keep clicking on like the button but then right. nothing loads. The button doesn't work. No, you have one no. job. <laughs> Maybe there's a bug in that system. Maybe. Oh, if it was in COBOL, it would work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the one thing that always frustrates me with the Smithsonian, because um, we'll come up with gals and it'll be like, oh, yes, like, you know, her aviation helmet is in the Smithsonian. And then I go there, not on display. Oh, uh, her uh, Susan B. Anthony's uh, shawl. Sure. Not on display. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, you have all these amazing things not on display. On a documentary, (laughs) though, on YouTube, I saw them like go into the the back room and it's in a drawer. Mm -hmm. And they pull, I want that drawer, that drawer they pulled out that's like hyper sealed. And it's like, Mm -hmm. this is her shawl. And I'm like, I want to touch it. I think she got to touch it in there. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Sorry, did I they get a little have, too excited uh, about history? Not to t- no touch. No touch. No I know. I just mm-hmm. I want to be so close to history. <laughs> uh, they I do want to time travel. It's really what I want to yes. do, but that's fine. <laughs> they do have that notebook with a bug uh, in it on display somewhere. <laughs> nice. Somewhere. So you can't, they have it just, it's like the log book and they just have it open to that page. <laughs> to the bug. Yeah. Sweet. It's what everybody came to see. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, everyone should watch that video of um, her on David Letterman 
because like you get a really good sense of like who she was like mm-hmm. we're, we're so lucky to be able to have her on videotape yeah like it's super like 80s or early 90s or something like David right. Miller has like his hair isn't white yet <laughs> yeah exactly and Dave's she's looking just, young as like she's <laughs> joking around with him and she does her whole uh, millisecond wire mm-hmm. thing and it's great <laughs> it is too adorable okay so where do all of her names come from uh well, how many of she them are was middle born, names? how many of them are like uh Grace Brewster Murray. Okay. All right. There's three. And then names. she got the hopper from being married. Okay. She never dropped she kept the oh. hopper. Alright. But she and she her rank is rear admiral, which isn't a rank anymore. Gotcha. Now it's like Admiral second half or something now. Right. But back when she was awarded it, it was rear admiral. Or I remember there or being, the other way. There's around, always too like many that. jokes about being a rear admiral and then being in the navy. There was too many. Yeah. There's, uh, <laughs> I think, a clip of her getting her presidential appointment from uh, Reagan. Uh-huh. And she's like, I'm older than you. <laughs> the president. <laughs> it's great. That's lovely. <laughs> I think she's very funny. She's hilarious. <laughs> she could have been a comedian mm-hmm. if only that would have paid as regularly as the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> that is But she ended up uh, writing the manual for the Mark One. Oh, nice. Um, she's in the Navy. And um, Howard Aiken comes to her and she's like, he's like, you're going to write a book. She's like, I can't write. He's like, <laughs> you're in the Navy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which you will I do the thing we tell you. <laughs> yes. So she wrote the, the uh, manual from the Mark One. I Sweet. read that she also drew the, il- the little illustrations ah. for all the little components. Sweet. Um, and I thought it was like really hilarious because the, the book that I read and liked by uh, Kathleen is... It's a Navy book about people, like different biographies of people in the Navy. So I'm like, did they assign her to (laughs) write about Grace as well? (laughs) Not a bad job. (laughs) I'm just going to move on from Navy person Mm -hmm. to Navy person. Hey, everybody's got a wheelhouse. (laughs) Having more than one is fun. (laughs) And there's a Russell in her family line somewhere. So now I got to go back and see if I'm somehow related to Grace Hopper. That would be amazing. There was Loveless, and I don't think that goes back to Ada Loveless. That train, yeah. That I mean, mm. it, you'd have to go uncles, uncles, sisters, aunts. Like you'd have to go off the line, and mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would be fun, though. Yes. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for this week. Join us next week as Lee and I sit down with Lisa and talk more about Starbase Indy. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Galsguide patron today. Thanks for listening.